johnsyndicate.com. Call 1-888-201-4201. That's 1-888-201-4201. Direct from the Vegas Strip. Are you looking to access the most powerful betting syndicate information directly from the Vegas Wise Guys? The same games that players walk into the casinos and move 5, 10, 20 dimes a game on week in and week out. Learn the secrets of the most powerful betting sources directly from our office to your ears. All you have to do to walk with that air of confidence is pick up the phone and don't stall. Make the call. Call 1-888-201-4201. That's 1-888-201-4201. Call now. Call free for your access password at johnsyndicate.com. That's www.johnsyndicate.com. Call now. Call free. Hey, this is former odds maker Kenny White now on your side of the counter. Go to oddsxfactor.com where I'm going to reveal all the secrets how to beat the NFL, NBA, Major League Baseball, and especially college sports. College is my forte. I love totals. I love second halves. And I love in-game. I was seen on 60 Minutes. I can beat the point spread. I was on the other side. Now I'm with you. Go to oddsxfactor.com. 1-800-209-1679. That's 1-800-209-1679. Pick up the phone and make the call. Get today's Consensus Club play absolutely free. Coming from the outside to the inside here at SportsInsidersRadio.com. Get our top Consensus play from me, John, yours truly, plus Kenny White and Brian Blessing. It's absolutely free. Don't stall. Make the call. with another edition of Sports Insider Radio. Coming to you from Las Vegas, Brian Blessing and David Miller. We'll get the boys, John and Mike, heading east in just a moment. As we get the fun started, invite you to check out the website, sportsinsiderradio.com. Well, that was a football game. Yeah. That was a little on the weird. I think San Fran and the under looking good for a long time. Sorry, sorry. And I was at a Frisco party. I felt bad, like... No. I, they knew I had the Chiefs, and then I said, well, I'm going to go one and one and then but, I almost didn't want the comeback. You know, but felt, the props were wonderful. Right, that's what I heard. The props were good, yeah. A lot, a lot of interesting stories, a lot of ways to go. Now we start looking ahead to next year. I know you had a, you know, you dove in the future market. I, I, to me, there's a lot to be learned. You're not... You don't jump in right away on next no, year, do you? No, 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 no. That was that, that was actually September that I did that right. this early. I mean, I would have to really almost have inside info to bet this early. I mean, I don't no, know. No, I mean, the draft, really. free agency, there, there's a, a yeah. lot. I, I, think the, I think you could make a case for, you know, some of the teams that ended well that their price would only come down. I mean, you could look right. at a, right, a right. Tennessee, right, right, right. Uh, a Buffalo... Right. I maybe I mean yeah. like overlaid prices that only stand to reason 
those numbers will come down. But uh, but you're taking a leap of faith of what they'll do right. in the off season. Right. Or or if you can if you have a good feel on that situation, there's you know there's a good price somewhere for you, but. I don't, I don't really keep up. Yeah. <laughs> I'm more into basketball. Yeah, no. Well, in fact, as you talk about turning the page, I mean, I just made a future play for the Stanley Cup when I put that off uh, all year long. But Like, be honest, do you actually watch the NFL draft? I watch. I watch, like, a little bit of it. And then... Well, I host a draft party. Okay. Uh, <laughs> That's a yes. But I watch, not only do I watch Do you watch draft, the, like, as much of it as you can? I, I watch. When you say, what's your little thing? Okay, this might be it. No, what's your thing? A lot of stuff. Watch, watching is what? Oh, wa- yeah, watching is a sign of weakness. No, but well, okay. something like that. Uh, when, you, else when, when you say watching is a sign of weakness, I'll take math. for your average, not you. No, 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 but I'll say watching, there was a hockey game the other night. Calgary and Edmonton played, and it was this massive blood battle. They hate each other, and they were fighting the whole way. Now, after that game... Both of them lost the next game. It was like the right. most obvious letdown. But but the watching part, yeah, they played on Wednesday, uh, and then they're going to play again on Saturday. So no and algorithm no, no, can feel that. Wait, wait, wait. So they go it. they go it. to overtime. All right, this bloodbath, goalie fights. It was insane uh, on Saturday. But on Wednesday they played. The game went to a shootout, and the goalie for Calgary makes the save that wins the game, and he does unheard of in hockey you don't do this he does the batista bat toss <laughs> he throws his <laughs> stick in the air and as the before the stick hit the ice i said i'm playing edmonton saturday night he just showed them up they edmonton killed them saturday night the goalie got pulled and as he was getting <laughs> skating to the bench they're all up on the bench screaming and yelling at him so watching got you no, a plus I know, I know, a dollar 75 winner i said that one time uh, no, no no you guys have been hammering that point <laughs> right. for a month we'll probably now. keep saying it. yeah but but no but i mean so the watching can get you yeah. something well, yeah, there you get a good feeling. You know, the emotion is well, – well, a lot of times emotion's something that, yeah, you would have to really watch the game or, 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 or get a good feel for it. No but algorithm I'm, I'm just clowning around. No, you're right. When right. you said, do I watch the draft, I'm an idiot. I watch senior bowl practices. I watch the combine. Really? I, 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 I watch a little a bit of it. No, I, no. You're a true fan. I'll call it that. No. Or you're looking for value. I'm not sure. No, I'm not a fan. Looking for value? I'm, I'm, I'm watching and learning. I watched the Combine last year. and Okay, I'm watching the Combine of all things last year. The, what's, the, what's the kid's name? The center from Texas A&M, the Bradbury kid. At the Combine, this kid was wowing everybody. Well, look at this kid. And the center is like the most nonsensical, nothing-burger position, right? But they're saying, this kid's the steal of the draft. He goes to Minnesota. He's the center for Minnesota. And all of a sudden, that running game with Cook, Cook healthy, you know, the, believe me, Minnesota's running game, Minnesota made money for me all year long. So I'm not watching the Combine because I'm a fan. <laughs> you see, if you yeah, if you keep watching it, you'll pick up on one or obviously you'll pick up on some stuff. Well, yeah, no, yeah, the, the, right. you know, I'm just busting your no, onions you, about. You're not that. a true, you're a true sports fan. I'll call it that. A true sports. Well, but I'm fan. a sports fan with a vested interest. Okay, okay I mean, okay. I, yes, I, I'm. Yeah, I'm not. I mean, believe me, it's like watching. Hey, he keeps saying it, and I just go, yeah, okay. Oh, do I, <laughs> I don't. At least we don't have to well, talk about no, Baltimore but, anymore. No, I know, but you guys keep saying it. I'm sitting there going, "Well, I got news for you, kids. <laughs> I'm watching everything, and I'm doing it for a damn reason." Hello, guys. What's up? I'm a sports fan. 
Yeah, but you don't watch every. You don't watch the combine. Listen, I got this client, Francisco Francesco. He's listening in New Jersey. He texts me every night. He says, John, did you see the guy at the free throw line? I go, no, I'm watching a movie. Did you, did you give him the quote? Watching <laughs> games is a sign of weakness. Mike, Mike, what were the, how many games you said, what did you do last night, Mike? You almost went 6-0. and What was the story? Well, the you know my DFS club that's just been extremely hot. I you know he goes by a screen name Yahoo Handpay. I know it's a weird. Um, I don't know what he what that really means. I mean, you could uh, follow up with him, but the guy literally texts me six and zero. He tells me it's going to go six and zero. We ended up going four and two. The one game was the Hornets, where they were up all game on the Rockets, and then obviously they missed. A couple free throws late, the Rockets covered by 15. And then the other game was the Lakers under. Dead under all game. LeBron decides to literally shoot from three. Five in a row in the fourth quarter. They were, I think they had eight in a row threes in the game. And they ended up going over. So, aside from that, these guys in college basketball, it seems like they're, they're picking apart small schools as well as finding value on the board just like Dave does. They're not taking heavy favorites in college basketball and just riding out the dogs. And with all these line mistakes, just like Dave is consistently hitting them night in, night out, there's just a lot of value every single day. Well, so, Dave, let me ask you, since you nailed the side and you nailed the total in the Super Bowl. I don't know nailed, but... <laughs> well, listen, so here's the thing. This is, this is what we call gamblers. Uh, Brian, since you're a little older than me, you, you know the term gambler's fallacy, right? No. Yeah, you can Google it, gambler's fallacy. You know, there's a perception that it's to throw out the last game. Like, here's what happens. People only remember the winners or the losers, the extremes. So I had a client text me at the end of the Kansas City game. He goes, in in retrospect, Kansas City was the easiest game of all Super. I said, are you crazy? They were down 10 points for six minutes. Statistically, there was no chance in them winning the game. That game, listen, that game, let's cut to the chase here. Good for but, but, good for those. Wait, wait a minute. Let's right let's go no. The under was the play. Okay, yeah, Every, the under was absolutely the play. And the first the quarter side, was passive. Exactly how we the, said. The, 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 everything. The under was the play. The side was a coin flip. Yeah. No, San Francisco had th- yeah. they were they had three different plays that put that game in the cookie jar. You give Kansas City credit for coming back. You sit there and be the Monday morning quarterback with some of the play calling and the decision making that San Francisco made. The side was a coin flip. The under was was absolutely the play. Yeah, I think if you played that game a million times, it really it it, it, it would have been fifty fifty. Like that was that was they had that line right on uh, pick them minus one. I mean, the people got. I mean, a lot of. I mean, seriously, you talk about a mini miracle. I, I know. I, I was with a guy watching. He, he he was beside himself. Right. That he had teased San Francisco up. I mean, and you're sitting there with a ten point fourth yeah. quarter lead, and they lose by eleven. That's happening. What? One out of every yeah. twenty five football games. Ah, and then we had the we had the Patriots Falcons a, a few years back too. Sure. So we're getting twenty eight three crazy comebacks. You know. So well, so that's the thing. They were basically saying statistically. With six minutes left, the odds of San Francisco winning were greater than Atlanta winning at halftime in the Super Bowl because of the yeah. amount of time that was left in the game. There you go. And they started in no that's a, at halftime. No, because wasn't it? What was the score like? No, no, not at halftime, Dave. This was oh. third and fifteen. 
Okay. With seven minutes left in the game, at that exact play, right? They had a that was the scenario, and that wasn't even the play. I mean, if you want to say there, there, there was a play in that game, my, my, that, that third and fifteen point, play, that third and fifteen play, <clears throat> obviously great play to Hill, but then San Francisco, just like Tennessee did. It was the exact same thing. Tennessee's down 10. Their best player is Derrick Henry, and they panicked, and they got yeah. away from the running game. Mostert gets six yards on first down. Yeah, if, I know. If yeah. you run the ball on second <laughs> down and get another first down, you pose your will, you switch field position, and they and he throws two incomplete passes, uh-huh. three and out, gives them the ball yeah. right back. It was a perfect storm of self-imposed stupidity by San Francisco. Yeah. Yeah, right. but 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 the moral of the story was is that this goes back to there's no such thing as a lock. There's no such thing that any game can't lose. And this goes why sure. we preach money management because if you're sitting there and you you know you read about these amazing six figure bets coming in on Kansas City or coming in on San Francisco because you get all the you know public rich money coming in and people you know the reality is if somebody went to Vegas and put their life savings on Kansas City and or San Francisco. It's insanity with no money management because that just illustrates in the whole season why anything can happen and why you have to be edge betting. By the way, just so you know, I didn't make this up, Ryan. I just Googled it. The gambler's fallacy is also known as the Monte Carlo fallacy. Mm. It's the fallacy, Dave, you'll appreciate this, of the maturity of chances. It's the erroneous belief that if a particular event occurs more frequently than normal during the past, it is less likely to happen in the future. This was established in 1913 in the Monte Carlo Casino. Because basically it goes back to what you're saying, Brian. Basically. They put the board up, and they look at the, the, the how many hot hands came in on the roulette wheel, or how many nom- numbers, or they look at how many hands came in on Baccarat, or they look at how many times a team covered in the last 10 games. It's a fallacy. It's still 50-50 random. Yeah, it, the law of averages is, is, is real, but over a huge sample. And it just comes right. down to unless you're betting against Oak City or Yale, then it's <laughs> you. Not, no, you I'm, I'm telling you, I'm just <laughs> impressed because the season's over, so you can't be doing the, uh, you know, the report card anymore. He'll still so do you it. just you just spent the whole week trying to find a way to use the word erroneous in a sentence. Listen, I had to come up with something, but I will say <laughs> reversion this. of the mean will, too. Well, is... but, but back to the reversion of the mean. There we go. <laughs> Listen, back to the reversion of the mean. People will bet Oklahoma City. With both hands and Boston, because those two teams are just killing it. Oklahoma City's thirty-four and sixteen against the spread, number one team in the NBA. Boston's thirty and seventeen and two, the number one, the second team in the NBA. And then people are going to keep playing Yale, but it's a fallacy because, if like you said, if if, if things play out to perfection. That thirty six and seventeen will be thirty six and thirty six at some point in the season. No, no, no. But if you were to take OKC over twenty years, it, it probably is not even over fifty one percent. What? Well, so the when do they adjust the line on these teams? They do, they have the been they have been because OKC is getting a lot of love on the on the spread. Where? Yeah, I mean everybody was listening yeah. to me on the radio and they started hopping on them. Yeah, yeah, no, no, no. Yeah, definitely. You're right about. I don't know about Yale, but. And then the Celtics. I mean, Yale's the number one team in the college basketball against the spread, fourteen and four. But again, you catch them I, on Fridays and Saturdays. I bet every day. I didn't even know that, but I don't look really for that. But uh, no, okay. See, they're having a great year. Celtics too, but it more okay. See, I mean, they kind of they're de- they're defying the odds more than than Boston. I mean, tonight is a huge number. They're laying thirteen against Cleveland, thirty and twenty. 
uh, overall straight up Kansas City, I mean, excuse me, Oak City, and Cleveland's 13-38. and 38. It, Now, obviously, a guy like you, the I'm, Yeah, I'm looking to be, take Cleveland there. Of yeah. course. Yeah. That's what I was going to say. Right? That post here. Yeah, no, I was already looking at that one. That was actually Now, you're of, taking that because of just the perception just, that that line should maybe be 11 and it's higher because yeah. everybody's banging Oak City? Yeah. Well, I don't think everybody's... I just think they've they've kind of matched. They've covered and they've 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 done well. I mean, they they're definitely one of the surprising teams. I mean, you can't Toronto too, but no, it's just a high number. <laughs> you know me. I, whenever I got those high numbers, I'm, it's hard not to bet them, uh, especially if a team's really rolling like that, covering the spread, winning, and just yeah, against another team whose the perception is oh they're dead, you know, and and they cover. They lose by seven or eight, you know, over and over. Now I, I know you were on Portland on the first game back. Yeah, I've been doing the good, Lakers. really good. I've, I'm I'm really in a, in a good winning streak, so I feel good. Yes, I was. Was that a spot though where the public was just going to take the Lakers on the opening night because they were doing the whole you know yeah. the emotion? Yeah. Well, even well, well, no, even without that, Portland had been kind of. If, if you look at the lineup, the overall talent of the team, you're, you're going, how are they not doing better? And th- so is that. And then it was kind of like. I, I kind of like the Kobe thing. I mean, I was even sad about, it, like, real sad about it. So I'm going. They must. I can't see how they're going to be 110 percent here. So, so it was kind of. I was thinking, yeah, there's no emotional. Ed. Yeah, everyone was going. Well, they're going to win for Kobe, and I, I just didn't see that. Like, they're still sad about it, and they, they, they're like looking like zombies. No, it was a spot where there was. It was definitely too high. And then, so then, so then the next game. They were at home against, uh, I think, Utah, yeah, and they were plus seven, and I was thinking, wow, they're on an emotional downer for sure, winning as a 13-point dog, but this is still too many points at home, then they won that one, and then last night, I, I had Denver going, no, they, they can't, they, they've been, they're overvalued at this point, and yeah, Denver won by 30-something, so I've been in the zone, I feel good. Um, but interesting, Denver because they've been getting a lot of love. They're actually one game under five hundred against the spread. They're twenty three, twenty four, and four. Yeah, but they do really good in these in the against these really tough teams at home. You know when they're when they're anywhere from pick them to to like five. I mean, they just seem to show up for the game. But then when they're a double digit favorite, I don't, I don't think they've done too well in in those games or or a road favorite. But I'm not sure. But it, it feels like that. Uh, definitely at home in, in, in a pick'em game. I, I look to play them. So I, I want to cover. I want to cover some things since we're not talking about the Super Bowl right now, and we have a little more time to talk about strategies and sports betting. Can you explain so we have this archived online to the general public why betting more games as a professional better in a day is the way to do it, not betting one big game for all your money? Well, your well your risk goes down. You spread it out more. Well, you really don't, uh, because if you're going to do one percent, let's say you have one game every day, then it's it's kind of the same. But but anytime you have an edge, you want your overall volume to go up because it, it will play itself out more. So so in theory, your risk does kind of go down because let's say I could bet every single game with an edge every day, it, it would literally play itself out over a season to a, to a profit if I had an edge on all of it. So the more volume you can get with a percentage return. Uh, the more money you're going to make too. So, like today, I have five plays. One of them's same. The other four are are good, and uh, yeah, I feel good about it. But if I could have yeah, had 15 plays, you know, that's that's even better. But I just I only found five. 
I have some. Yeah, leads. real quick, just to to talk about uh, Oak City one more time. So, just to give you an example, when you're talking about situations, Oklahoma City, the reason why they have such a high record right now against the spread is they're twenty-two <laughs> and eight as an underdog. That means every time they're getting points, they're basically slaying it. They're twenty-two and eight as an underdog. The same team that's twenty-two and eight as an underdog is twelve and eight as a favorite. So all the money. So the spot tonight, if you were looking at like, if you're looking to follow Oak City, what you're doing is you're looking for a spot when they're an underdog, which has been a high percentage spot this season. Now let me ask you, what do you think the number one team? Anybody can answer this. The number one team in the NBA as an underdog is this season against the spread. Against the spread. Oh, let's see. I'll make it. For, I'll give you a little Toronto? tip. They're six and one. They're six and one against the spread as an underdog. Well, see that top team in the NBA. Well, they've only they've only they've only the been Bucks. a dog seven times. Bucks. No, Bucks would have been an underdog. Lakers. It's got to be Lakers. A... Lakers. Well, yeah. No, I was thinking one of the better teams. Because I'm going. Right. How are you only an underdog yeah, seven? I times? can't imagine the Bucks are only a dog. No, maybe I can twice. give you the record. No, the Bucks, listen, the Bucks are a hundred. They're a hundred percent against the spread as an underdog. They're one and zero. Oh. Well, I'm oh, saying, well, I'm saying they okay. could only be. Yeah. Yeah. See, I thought they were at least seven times an underdog. You know, Lakers at Lakers at Clippers. Okay. So, so what's interesting is the dog teams. Boston is eleven and three against the spread, seventy eight percent, and Oklahoma City is twenty two and eight as an underdog, seventy three percent against the spread. So those two teams, you can just circle them. Free little tips: Oak City and uh, Boston is a dog when you can catch them as a dog. On the favorite side, the number one team against the spread is Memphis. They're ten and four against the spread, followed by Toronto. Mm-hmm. Who are twenty-two and thirteen as a favorite against the spread, followed by Miami, who's twenty and twelve. See, I'm. I just. I know we go back and forth literally every week on this. I. I think most of this is just variance. I. I now maybe if somebody's a double-digit favorite, they they tend to let up at the end or you know less playing time for certain guys. But I think most of this is just variance, and and I don't. But I don't think there's going to be some quick reversion of the mean. I don't think I wouldn't now go out and mindlessly bet OKC. But I mean, I guess you could use some of this for some of your leans. Uh, okay, right. But but I mean, how would you use it? There's going to because you can't have it both ways. There's going to be your mean reversion theory, or they're going to keep covering the spread. I mean, how, which well, way do you also use look this? At it where, well, you also look at it where teams are overvalued and undervalued. For instance, when I take it from an underdog and I flip it to home underdog, what do you think the number one team is a home underdog is against the spread? Okay, let me think. Uh, Toronto, Toronto's got to be somewhere high. I mean, I feel like Toronto they, wouldn't be a home not dog. Not even on the list. No, they're not, they wouldn't, yeah, Toronto wouldn't be a home dog. Yeah, a couple of times. No, but I thought, I thought this would be a short sample, like two uh, games. How, how many games? That'll give us a clue. Oh, you know what? Hold, uh, don't, don't, wait, hold on. How many hold games? On. Wait, wait, hold on. Don't, don't, let me look here. I'm, let me just look at... Uh, 24 games. Oh, no, that's, well, that, okay. Oh, that's what a I, real weak team then. No, I'm just real quick. I'll look at the standings and just see... Dallas. <laughs> no, no, no. No, no, no. no but it has nothing to do... No. Standings mean nothing against the spread. That you know who's really who's good at home and pathetic on the road. I have no clue. I'll, I'm not. You know, I mean, they, <laughs> you know, I, I uh, this every day. I don't, I don't know. Maybe I don't know. Maybe maybe the the Pelicans. Maybe they're in the top. They're in the top. 
That's and, one of the and I'm, the just lo- I'm just looking at the standings and how they play at home. Uh, Sixers, they're 22 at home, but they never be home dogs. So it's got to be a bad – maybe – See, you look maybe uh, here, maybe one. maybe Detroit. No, as no a way. home dog, as no a home way. dog. Yeah, they've been rolled so many times at home. I think I don't know. Wow, uh, uh, Orlando. Brian's so far right about it being a bad team. Yeah, uh, and, and hold on, what's the record against the spread? I mean, the full record against the spread? No, for the for being a home dog, like or whatever, whatever. Oh, Thirteen and nine. Oh, but this is. <laughs> well, so they play twenty. So they, oh, there you go. They play ah, twenty-two at home. I, I can figure it out. Right? Yeah, even just even an idiot them. like me can figure. It, oh, it it's got to be Utah. It, it can't be the Blazers or the, or the Spurs. I mean, I feel like they never. Covered. So the team here's the thing. Here's the thing. The team is twenty-three and twenty-eight against the spread on all games, mm-hmm. and they're thirteen and nine at home as a dog. So they're five games under. I almost want to so bet this team from now on. So they're five games under overall, but they're five games up. Oh, it's four Sac- games Sacramento, up. right? Atlanta. Atlanta. Oh, Atlanta wow. played tw- no, Atlanta's played 25 games at home. Wow. 23 and 28 yeah, against the kinda, spread. I don't know much about Atlanta, but it does look like they have a pretty pretty nice uh, home home crowd. So when you talk about leans, Dave, what, what it means yeah, is I would the linemakers are – the line makers are basically because they don't get a lot of action because they're a bad team. They're just being they're they're getting they're getting more points than they should. Obviously, yeah. as a dog at home. I didn't I didn't say they won the games. Well, I, I like that spot. Games. I mean, I like yeah. No, if I'm going, how do I take this plus six at home? And I and I now knowing that it would kind of push me more to take. I mean, so I guess those numbers. But but I, I I don't know if if I actually think it matters or I just it's something to to give me an excuse to bet. But no, now that I think about it, yeah, they've I they've I think they've they've twi- twice they've played the Sixers and I think they won once and then they lost towards the beginning of the season. I think they only lost by like four or five. It was one of the, I think it was on the opening night, wasn't it, when they played the Sixers? So I remember those two games. Then they've had some some couple of upset wins, so yeah, yeah I mean, okay, Atlanta, go Atlanta, <laughs> <laughs> go Atlanta. Well, so what do we do with them? What do we do when they're plus thirteen? So how are they as a double digit dog? I do you I have mean, that? I, again, I got to look uh, that I don't have. I just know overall they're twenty three and twenty eight, and then they're thirteen and nine as a home team dog. So the same team goes from being mm-hmm. a a loser to being a winner if you're just knocking certain stuff off the criteria like I'm going to only look for these guys when they're a home team dog and see if it's worth playing. I'm not saying that anybody listening to this should just blindly bet these spots. But how but is I that home? How unlike is that? you having the information, to me it's knowledge. Knowledge is power. I've never been there, but whenever I watch the Atlanta games, it does seem like they have an above average home court, but but I wouldn't know that firsthand. I mean, has anyone been to, uh, to a Hawks game? Have you been to one? No. Yeah, it, but it does look, you know, does look like it's a strong crowd. I, I don't know. So I don't. I don't know what else it could be. You know that, or just they rise up at home. They're a bad team, but at home they they really they really do well. Uh, but yeah, I'm missing value then. Thanks. <laughs> What's Mike doing? Watching a soccer game? No, I'm just. Um, you know what? I've been. We thought he had the coronavirus, but I think he's just a normal cold. While I'm on the air, I actually, it's like I do. I'm doing a new segment where I'm doing a you know a live feed. Where clients could actually, you know, respond to me while we're communicating. And a lot of people have questions. It's a, it's a, this is an education show. All right. So, what are some so, of the questions? 
Well, people are trying to figure out where we're always just giving out selections, and they're wondering what's the unit value, what percentage of the bankroll are you putting on a particular game, where we all know that Dave, as he talks about when we did a actual video with him when he was actually trading in his house where every game is a different monetary value so i'm just trying to explain to him how to slice up the pie because it's just not that easy just to bet and hit a high percentage of games you have to know what leverage to put on each particular selection that's the most common question Mike. yeah that's the most common question and i just tell everybody one percent of your of your active bankroll because I, I know it's actually 2%, like the, the math wizards and, and the people that are really into that. But the reason 1% is a lot of times, yeah, you can find, you know, first half opportunities or maybe you want to spread a little bit more in the second half or put some money line. So I think 1% is my is what I say. But this could be wrong. And, and, I w- and the other thing is I would rather under bet than over bet. And and that's a quality of life thing. Like I don't want to, because let's say people go out and they're like, okay, three percent, and then they go zero and six, and oh, you're miserable in life. <laughs> you feel awful, you know. So I don't know. That's what do you think? What percent? He doesn't. Yeah, no, one percent. Uh, I I even do less, but I'm all over the place. I'll I'll have more on the first half. At least thirty percent of the time, I, I bet the second half on the same side if if it lines up what i'm looking for so <clears throat> i don't know um and plus i get I, I i a lot of times i run into i can't like let's say offshore or you know in a faraway place i i want to bet plus nine minus 102 and it's minus 110 everywhere else then i am capped there for x amount so but uh if your bankroll isn't very big you know you can you, you can get enough down on it but yeah, one percent's good. I don't know. I don't know. What do you think, John? You seem to know everything. I mean, one percent to two percent, and again, it also goes back to everybody's risk tolerance. I mean, the yeah, problem yeah, again, yeah, most yeah. you know, most clients basically. The bigger issue that I deal with is clients. They want to bet. They think that the risk is greater with more games as opposed to playing every game no. where you have the edge. So yeah, guys no. call up here and they go, you know, I only want to bet two games a day. And I go, well, then, you know, sorry. Well, risk like, tolerance is kind of like your, your quality of life. I mean, uh, you want can you handle an 0-6? You know, is it going to ruin your day or your week or are you going to cry? <laughs> I mean, you thought you – I mean, I don't know how much money, what percentage you had on Kansas City. I was going to ask you, did you did – you, did you consider in-game live betting Kansas City when they were downtown with six minutes, or you were just leaving it alone? You had more money on the under. I was drinking at a party. <laughs> that wasn't running through my head at all. I was just having fun. <laughs> hey, John, he was at a party where there's not one Kansas City fan. <laughs> yeah. So, not so then one. when they came back, I'm like, oh, you, you, you might be okay. You got this, guys. I'm thinking, oh, you know, part of me wanted to lose that bet and just split, but no, nah. no. When you're running good, though, you just everything goes your way in that final. Uh, final quarter in, in, in all sports. So, I don't know. What would you guys do for it? I mean, I watched I the actually, game with my son. He said, the game's over, Dad. The game's over. I said, it's never over. It's never <laughs> over. Watch it till the end. He was amazed. I said, buddy, this happens all the time. This is why you got to watch the games. You know what I mean? Well, 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 in the long run, it's over. You know, 80. What was the spread? Nine and When they were down 10, I, I didn't even look at it. But I didn't even look. I'm sure the money line was like... I don't know, minus 900 or something? I, I don't know. So.
so yeah, it was pretty much you know over. But now, I, I, and plus the other thing is, I wanted to see a good Super Bowl, and I definitely got it. You know, uh, sometimes, sometimes though, I kind of wish I don't even. But I, you know, you could have double scooped it with the over in the second half. Did you consider that? No, no, I was. I wouldn't have done that anyway, just to do it. You know, you know my theories on that. I don't want to. I don't want to surrender. I don't want to surrender any of my my value if I'm if I'm positioned good, which I was with only what was it twenty point ten to ten twenty points, and the first half total was twenty six and a half, and it closed good too. The fifty five closed fifty three, so I was actually beating. So it's eight and a half points under uh, pacing uh, pacing eight and a half under on my bet, something like that. So. To just mindlessly bet the over, I'm not. I'm never going to do that. But if if I had market value, I would have. But tough to find market value when you have no computer in front of you and you're just holding a beer and having fun. You know. Sometimes so I have to have you, fun. What about you, Brian? What was this at the at the um, where you do your show, Club Madrid? What was the uh, breakdown of fans rooting for the game? It was. As I say, it was close to 50-50, but I think it was a slight edge to the Niners. A slight edge to the Niners. But it, it was a pretty so, split room. And listen, and then, you know, it's all about, you know, how many people are actually Chiefs or Niners fans. Yeah, their rooting interest was who they bet. And the spread was telling you the room was going to be 50-50. Right. Were you surprised yourself? About? Them coming back and scoring three consecutive scores and winning the game with six minutes left? Uh, n- well, no. Uh, I remember sitting next to a friend when it was it was a 10-point lead, and Stan Frank keep, they kept had these chances to put put it away, and with about eight, whatever it was, seven, eight minutes ago, I said, this thing ain't over yet. And sure enough, I mean, the hill play changed everything. Um, and, oh, by the way, I will say this. It it is amazing. Uh, over at the Superbook, they've got uh, the 450 props, and they have a page that's parlayable props, and a lot of them are pretty generic, tried and true things, and they'll sprinkle a few player things in there. And the funny thing is, the minus a dollar ninety was the hardest one to get, but. I, I just I said, yeah, you just for a giggle. I did a three teamer, had Mahomes first rush over four and a half, had no score in the first six and a half minutes of the game, and they were in a cookie jar immediately. <laughs> and it was will there be a team that gets three unanswered scores? And everybody looks at that and goes, No, that won't happen. It happened twice in the game. San Francisco scored three times in a row. KC scored three times in a row. It happens every year, and you can take that one to the bank. I mean, virtually every Super Bowl, there are three unanswered scores by a team. What was the uh, the prop that we're talking about? Um, Mahomes took a knee, so he didn't get oh, the well, yards. I actually had a very fun day uh, on the props. I had that parlay, uh, the stuff we talked about on this show, Daniel Sorens. I, and I said last week, I had a bigger opinion on props than the game because the game was that kind of game. And the one was Daniel Sorensen's tackles over solo and unassisted tackles over five and a half. He got ten. And... Uh, Mahomes' longest rush over eleven and a half got bet up to thirteen and a half, and he got a thirteen. But I'm do I've got these two Mahomes rushing props to go. Well, then you better you know why you better jump in and go over thirty two and a half yards rushing for Mahomes. He's led them in rushing how many weeks in a row? 
He gets it up to 44. It's a win. You talk about one of the worst beats ever. Mm-hmm. He's got 44 rushing yards, and instead of just taking a knee, and I understand why he did it. I just think that shouldn't count as a rush personally. But instead of just taking a knee, he went back 10 yards and took a knee. So he had 44 yards rushing and, and it flew over the prop and ends up with 28 yards rushing because he knelt down twice on the last two plays. That is one of the worst beats ever. Yeah, 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 yeah. And then they could put in the rules. That's a kneel down. You're surrendering yourself. It shouldn't count as. Yeah, but they gotta. A, yeah, with gaming and everything, I, I know they have to really put this in the in the fine print again. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like it's, yeah. But but the thing is, you know, if, if he's, someone's on the other side of it. But yeah. the thing is, if he's running around. Yeah. If no, if he's back there running around, and Bosa tackles him for a 15 yard loss. That should count. That is not. Right, fifteen. That's a sack. I don't that know. is not 15, a fifteen-yard line. You know, know what that, I mean? Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. But yeah, I see both sides of it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The kneel down though, that one, that one hurts. It should almost be a category unto its own. It's yeah. like a guy surrendering himself. So, it's, just, so, it's like it's almost a non-stack. So, so a play. sack, a sack just doesn't count at all. I, but I'm a sack not, would not count if he lost fifteen yards no. on a sack. That's he right. wouldn't have fifteen yards coming off his rushing total. Yeah. Okay. But him going I, back I and kneeling, know, yeah. kneeling down. Uh, it's it's a horrible thing. lesson learned. Never play the quarterback over rushing. Uh, mark that one down. Well, no, just uh, factor it in a little bit. Just well, okay. well, you you can't fix like overtime a on an NBA yard, total. Yeah. A fifteen yard loss on two plays. Mark that one down. No, but it's like uh, Mike. If if, if uh, Lamar Jackson makes the Super Bowl next year, don't be betting him over rushing yards when he kneels down three times at the end of the game if they're winning. Yeah, I don't see him kneeling down at all. I don't see him getting hey, there. Hey, I don't see him getting he there, he but that's neither here nor there. He man, he doesn't see us kneeling down at all. Uh, no, but that that almost makes me want to bet yeah, the under on that every year because Well that's no, but, no, it, that's it, lesson learned. Never go, I'd never play that well, that prop. Well well I think when you're looking at the numbers, when you're looking at the average uh rushing I, I think the Sometimes in the regular season they kneel down too, so it it. it but I they just kneel down usually. They don't go back ten yards. I understand oh, yeah, where yeah, they yeah, were yeah. doing it's it. Factored they, in though. I mean, I had he just done that twice, yeah. I mean, nothing, nothing changed. Yeah. But by the way, th- there's the correlation to what we talked about. They won the game, right? And he said in so many instances, the guys that individually go over their projected totals are guys that are on the losing team. Here's a guy that went over but was on the winning team, and because he was killing clock, lost 15 yards on two plays. See, I didn't even know it worked like that. I didn't know, yeah, when you kneel, I, I, I didn't, I, I don't know much about it. Well, I thought it was a win. All of a sudden, yeah. I looked at the end of the game, like, what happened? That was a win. <laughs> okay, yeah, okay, that makes well, sense. Well, I want to I just, since we're in the heat of basketball season, real quick, i got to give you some of these numbers, Brian. Fire. Uh-huh. Dogs have a huge edge in the NBA right now. I know you're a dog player, um, David. They yes, are sir. 370 and 366. I'm going to repeat that. 370 dogs have covered. 366 favorites have covered. The dogs have a four-game edge. 17 games have hit the number. We're at 370, 366, and 17 for a 50-point 1.25% edge to the dogs. Okay. Totals, non-overtime games, 352 games have gone over, 348 games have gone under with a huge three-point edge to the overs. 
The line makers are just doing one hell of a job this season. They sure are. Sure are. So just pick your spots, everyone. Exactly. You can't be trend betting every in the, you know, I can't. And, and I go back to, because I know you, is, and I always say that because it, it, it goes back to, like, the reason why you win, and I would say over 50% of your plays are on the dog side, is because of your homework. You're doing your spots. You have your tips. You have your <laughs> tricks. Otherwise, you'd be 50%. I mean, I've got to be, I, I don't, you guys track it. I'm not sure. I've got to be, like, 55% at least in, in, Pro and college over I mean, a would huge you say sample. Mike, at least. No, I mean I, I feel like I can't run any better. I, I've multiple, <laughs> multiple five and ones and four and zeros. So I'm just loving it. So so then you're always wondering, you know, that you're you're not mean reversion, but you're always you know that at some point uh, it's going to get cloudy, and uh, I don't. It just hasn't come yet. All the way the entire basketball season. So. I don't know. <laughs> this is great. Well, here's, here's the crazy part. <laughs> Today I got great of, prices too, you know. Out of 3,637 college basketball games, the dogs have a huge edge as well. 1791 to 1783 for 50.1%. 63 games have hit the number. So obviously you're beating the number. So there, there a lot of those 63 games you probably were involved in where you won and somebody else lost. So that from a middling point of view, obviously, because there's more games, there's more of an opportunity to middle games when you have 63 games that hit the closing number instead of 17 games in the NBA. On the, on the overs and unders, it's it's um it's it is a fifty two percent almost fifty two and a half percent to the unders eighteen hundred and one games have gone under sixteen hundred and thirty six games have gone over um and I guess that's just because I, I overall I guess there's those little college teams that you see those totals that are one twenty and below there's probably more than pulling the games under versus teams like two forty five yesterday you know you see these inflated totals in the yeah. NBA but Brian, what, what, even though you're a total guy, the inflated numbers in the NBA have been mitigated by the fact that there's still only a three-game edge to the overs and the unders. Yeah, but I, I again, I, you know, that's just saying that the odds makers do a good job. Uh, that, that, you know, the, the bottom line is when you're handicapping, that just because the games are 50-50 over into the under doesn't mean the individual handicapping the game is not picking the right well, games to so go over or under. How, how here, many? Here's the perfect example. I have a group that I deal with out of uh, Florida. They they predominantly only do NBA and only do totals, and predominantly, I would say, 70% of their bets in the years past would be unders. Mm-hmm. Um, the guy mm-hmm. called me, and he basically said he's taking the whole season off. He can't wrap his head around these totals that are – he remembers – he wants to be in the world where the totals are 170. Yeah, well, I was well they don't play defense. Are, they don't play well, defense. Those days are over. Well, they don't play defense. I was just going to say that. I, 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 it, it kind of feels like too many totals are, are 230, 240. Well, I, I don't, this guy's an ex-NBA player. Because so the Warriors totals. But he's an ex-NBA player. He said, I can't even wrap my head around but, but you know what, John, having a spread I, like that when I was on the court. I, you know, <laughs> if you want to do it, God bless you. But But the funny thing is... I bet you it would be an interesting homework assignment that, you know, you're just sitting there saying overall the totals are this and that. But we're looking at these ridiculously high totals. I would love to know something. Say if you made a number 230 or over. You know, the well, total. We had the under last night. No, in no, the no, but no, my, but, game. no, I get it. But I'm saying that because these totals are, are so high and so inflated. 
But you're sitting there saying it's three. You know, the difference is three to five games uh, over yeah. under for all the games. But what would, if, if the total was two thirty or higher? What would that number be? That, yeah, that's that, that, what I want to know. I was going to ask you. You know what that. I mean? It's like, yeah. it's like, oh, people are scared off by the high total. But when the odds makers are willing to put a total up that high, How I would venture done? a guess the over is, is, the over is probably the way to go. See, I, by nature, when I see a 230, 240, I'm, I want to go under. But I, I feel like they're all flying over. I, it could well, be it's like, when you see a college football game, well, like, the total 72 and a half or so, yeah, something. Texas. What what happens? They score 90. Yeah. It, 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 I did have a game this year, too, where I went over 79, and I thought, oh, my God, now I have to go over 79. It's come down to that, and it, it flew way over. <laughs> I'll never forget this game. It was about 10, 12 years ago. It was an Oregon State game. And the total was like, it was like 74 and a half or something. It was the highest total of the year. It was nothing, nothing, two minutes into the second quarter. And the game flew over the total. Okay. You, you know what yeah. I mean? So those high totals, sometimes so listen, they're... <laughs> so listen, just to give you an example, I pulled the, I just, I'm, I can't give it all away in one show, but overs and unders with the Milwaukee Bucks is a perfect example. 25 and 24. Well, I don't think that's They're a perfect like, example. Well, meaning that the perception of these high, you're usually going to get a 220 or higher on those games. When you look at the teams that have the best over record in the in the NBA, it's the teams like you said that play no defense. Detroit is the num- has the number one spot, Brian. They're 32 and 20 to the over. Do you so? Do you have that in front of you? How many how many totals have been in 240 or more? Or you, I don't. I you have don't, just okay. the teams' records, overs and unders. No, so no, that, 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 that was throwing a knuckleball at you. But I, I'm my guess is that, like, okay, you know, total two ten, two twelve. You take all these numbers and, and 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 you you add them all up, and here's the over under, and it's close. I've got a funny feeling if the total on a game was two thirty or higher, I bet you the over has a big edge. Uh. I have to look at that, but what I will say is, when you look at a game like tonight, Detroit's the number one team on the over. The line opened to two twenty and went down to two eighteen. So it's almost like, again, they're playing obviously Phoenix. But let me look at Phoenix and see what the record is with Phoenix, real quick. Where I got you guys here, Phoenix. So has defense gotten worse or shooting better yeah. or or everything? It's more fast pace or what's going on? There's no defense. I mean, all these guys. I mean, they, all these guys like are the not. I mean, they're all squaring up. They're, they're they're like you know, they're just squared up three pointers. Nobody defends that. But guys that go to the lane, these guys are playing the Olay defense. It's ridiculous. <laughs> I'll just give you the extremes. Detroit is the number one team on the over bet. The Orlando Magic has the number one spot as the under bet. Um, twenty and twenty-eight to the to the to the uh, over. So you're 28 and 20 if you've been taking the magic under. Now that might state that goes to maybe their shooting isn't that good as opposed to who they're playing because for whatever reason Orlando you can make money if you're betting the under while most of the teams like I said most of the teams are over 50% to the over. Yeah, I I'm I'm like the guy said, he's taking the rest of the year off. I'm not, but if I was betting totals, I don't know. I I might be frustrated, too. especially if I was an ex-player. Uh, to see these totals so I mean, high, it, it would. I mean, would I'm just looking at mind. today's card: Atlanta two thirty nine, uh, Oak City two twenty, Dallas two twenty six, <clears throat> Miami two twenty four. The lowest total on the board today, this Wednesday, is the Magic 
208 and a half. Now here's the fu- here I'm going to give this out to on the radio we'll we'll see what happens next week. The number the two bottom spots on unders the best two teams on the under in the NBA are Boston and or and the Magic and they're playing each other. Okay, well are we going to give a so we usually give out picks and we're we're on fire. Do I give one out? <laughs> sure. Okay, 802 Evansville plus 3 and a half. Cause, cause I do have people, I do have people that are are that that I wouldn't call them dedicated listeners, but you know if they're in usually when they're in their car, that's that's when people will hear this. But that's my free play. Do you have one, sir? I think I think um, how about right here, backyard city. I think I think UNLV just going up tempo. Uh, Utah State didn't yep. shoot well in their last game. Um, I think UNLV's last game was an obvious letdown spot after playing San Diego State. I, I think uh, UNLV Utah State over one forty one and a half. Okay, yeah, okay, looks good. Yeah, no, that was a good game too, huh? San Diego State. Wow, they were. San Diego State's the real McCoy. I know. <laughs> That's why I was afraid to touch that game. I'm going. Where's the edge? Well, no, no, well, no. The funny thing is, did you just say San Diego State? Yeah, yeah. Is that, it, is that where you went to school? But the, but the thing, the, the thing. One. The team against the spread is a home team dog in college basketball is San Diego State. Yeah, but I don't think they were home. But when you talk about information and watching, but all the things, I'm telling you, the the UNLV game with San Diego State, there have been four or five, I don't know what the crowds are, four or five, six thousand fans that have been going to the games at the Thomas and Mac. The Golden Knights are here now. Oh, you know the new coach. He's going to get things going, and he's playing an up-tempo brand of basketball. But they've got to get the the fan base, you know, fired up and back into it. But you had UNLV playing San Diego State on a day when there, there was nothing. There were the Golden Knights were out of town. There was no football. There was nothing, and you had a ranked team coming in here. It was a game that stood to reason. They were going to play in front of the biggest, loudest crowd they've played in front of in years here, and that was going to be a bounce in UNLV step. And then they responded and, and play. You know, they, they played up to that level of intensity in a circled game with a big crowd. And then the next game, the air's going to be out of the balloon. I mean, we, you know, sometimes you just don't have to overthink this stuff. So the over. Over one. But tonight, and the, the last time they played, Utah State played here. They shot very poorly. They're they're a good shooting team, but UNLV's pressing the pace. And, and um, yeah, I like that game over. Okay, Mike. Anything you want to add here, buddy? I know you're on life I'll support give, over I'll there. Give out a pick. Your I'll give out a okay. pick as we're all doing it. This is now a weekly segment at the end of the show. <laughs> I have to, give, have to give out a pick so that people have something to look forward to, right? Butler minus two at home. They're playing Villanova. Okay. That's a great league, man. Those guys, those games, those games are awesome. Yeah, it's had, been a really good season. We've been uh, Butler's been taking care of me all season this year. So I had that I one too. On that I had that one too. I, I literally put two and in two. Okay, but no, I mean that doesn't mean anything. And and John will have something on Maryland, Baltimore County, UMBC, or IUPUI. <laughs> Yeah, the money, the uh, money team. All you guys got to do is call me, and I'll take care of you. <laughs> Come on, we all get Look at you. Three You're out of four. What a weasel. Yeah, I agree. <laughs> I mean, you know, it's like, you know. Nothing I is mean, free. You know, uh, you know, yeah, you know. Savage. <laughs> so, I mean, all right, I'll give it to you. You ready? Houston sure. Baptist over the total. Okay. This team has been a money-making machine on the over. So when you talk about blindly bet, 
David, there's certain teams in college basketball I blindly bet on totals. When Houston, when there's a line on Houston Baptist in the added game category, I simply just don't even look. I close my eyes, I click the button, and I play it. And those added games mean every bit as much as the you know the TV games. You know, again, I, I honestly will say that I feel like I have an edge with the added games, uh, maybe because the lines are soft because people are overlooking them. But well, yeah, that's know. that's the reality of it. The, the more the people that that have the good information and, and the big money or whatever you want to call them, I, like I don't even look at those, and I and I wouldn't consider myself the biggest better in the country. But n- just yeah, you can't get enough down to make it worth it. So humble. So that's that's what you need to be looking at, John. And that's that's those are the perfect game type of plays that you want to that you want to focus on. Except when you have two hundred hour limits. Well, well, yeah, but most people. <laughs> but can I ask you a question? What is most? What is the average bet of your average client? It's I bet you it's not even two hundred. What is it like a hundred? Maybe I'm no, wrong. No, it's the reverse. It's probably five hundred to a thousand oh, wow. because they don't want to practice proper money management. Oh, well, okay, so but they should be betting. Well, yeah, but I mean, you want to know average. I mean, this is all about getting the dopamine and the adrenaline pumping. So, you know, I mean, most guys call up here, and Mike answers the phone, and he says, what do you normally bet a game? And the guy goes, nickel, dime, nickel, dime. Oh, you've got 100000 What's your bankroll? No, What's your bankroll? 2000 He's been in time. <laughs> but, I mean, I guess. I, I don't know. just want to quickly try to run it up to 10 but it, it, that's not exactly. for me. That's not for me, though, but... And I never preach that. Well, listen, nope. football's behind us. College hoops, NBA, NHL. Uh, the basketball tournaments, conference tournaments are coming up. Uh, we just turn the page and move on. And there's a lot on the docket and a lot of cool things. You can check it out at sportsinsiderradio.com. When's your next uh, visit in these parts? Um, I'm going to be probably in studio with you and Mike March 18th Pardon for me? sure. Pardon me, Mike? Yeah, he wants his buffalo wings. It's, it's, it's a long way to get an order of chicken ready? wings. I got you. So we don't have to go anywhere. Have them in studio. They're they're on every corner. I think in studio. You want wings in studio? Aren't you wings know what? Is, yeah. When is I this happening? To... When's this happening? I'm not going to eat March Madness. Sounds like the March 18th. Madness. You're the March 18th. Oh, March 18th. Oh, it's on. It's on, guys. All right, boys. I'm definitely making it for that one. All right, kids. It went fast. Have a good week. We'll do it again next week. Uh, John and Mike, have a good one, fellas. You got it. All right. Don't forget SportsInsiderRadio.com. David, good to see you. Uh, And uh, as we found out how fast football went by, our next edition will be upon us shortly. SportsInsiderRadio.com.